You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We came in, and this is sort of the way that I phrased it, because I've been um, a big, I don't want to say defender, as if they did something, but I've been a proponent of the big three finishing their careers in warrior uniforms. I still am. I never won't be. Um, They are my favorite basketball team that I've ever watched, and I don't want them to, uh, to get shipped out, especially for a song. But for me last night, sort of ripped away what I would refer to as my ability to question it if they do. Like, they've got all the ammo they need to explain why they're going to do whatever it is they're going to do. I still think it's unlikely, um, you know, at least now at the trade deadline. I still think I'd rather see it not happen. I still want to see Draymond come back from his suspension and have those three play good basketball together. That is still my hope. But for me, last night was absolute rock bottom. I know that's crazy to say on a Wednesday against the Pelicans, like whatever. But when the Warriors have had moments that have felt like this in the past, you could explain them. There were reasons. Um, Draymond not being on the floor last night is not a good enough reason. This team has reached a level of such disconnect, such poor play. We're questioning effort. Uh, they can't even stay on the floor for any five-minute stretch with a solid team. That's what you've seen from Toronto and New Orleans the last two times out. So with all that said, and booing in the stands, you gotta, you, I mean, you got to take what comes. you got to take whatever this team throws at you. And they're absolutely right to say Steph Curry is the only one off the table. And you look at that four weeks away from the deadline, and you have to answer really tough questions as an organization. And the the chief among them, to me, is the Jonathan Kaminga question. Because if you think that he is legitimately going to be a great player, and you want him to be a great player for your organization, then you keep him. And at the end of this year, you give him a, a, a monster contract extension, which is what you did with Jordan Poole. And you look at other players in Kaminga's draft class, some of which, some of whom rather will get big extensions. Some already have. And that's the way it goes at the end of your third year. So you have to decide on Kaminga either way at the end of this season. Either you believe in him and you give him a contract extension and he's yours and you keep him or you trade him at the deadline or you trade him in the offseason. You're not going to let him go into his final year of his rookie deal and play on that rookie deal. You usually don't do that with players that you like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they've picked up the option, uh, but you're right. It, it Look, it feels that way for everyone right now. We've brought up almost every individual player and said, other than Steph Curry and maybe the rookies, like I guess not Pajemski, although he could end up in a deal. Right. 
but everybody else on this roster, you sort of got to make some sort of decision one way or the other in terms of what you want to do. What you want to do. Are they part of this future or not? And are they going to turn be turned into other players, parts, or just let go for financial flexibility? Um, let's go to Justin in Menlo Park. Hi, Justin. You're on with Willard and Dibs. What's up? Hey, what's up, guys? How are you? Hey, great. Uh, great com- I'm good. I'm good. Just driving uh, down the 101 into traffic, which is not a shocker at 4 p.m. Um, I was going to ask you guys about Steve Kerr and how he sort of fits into this equation and if I look at all the other teams sort of top of the table right now like they've all done a nice job of developing players over the last three to five years um, and those players are starting to pay off and we, we just haven't invested in that and I'm wondering if that's a function of Steve Kerr's just never had that challenge and, and maybe it's a weakness that we all just never realized or it just wasn't prioritized and if he has to do that over the next couple of years is he the right person for that job? Well, it's a really good question, Justin. Thank you for the call. And I would say two things. One, there are very fair questions with regard to the Warriors' player development process. There are very fair questions to ask. However, I think it also needs to be entered into the conversation to know that the Warriors are dealing with a different developmental process than all the other teams in the NBA, largely for the last 10 years, because they've had such a dynastic group in, in place. It's like you're limited in terms of how you can develop because you can't give young guys the minutes that you would like to give them. So I think both of those things are true, and we're still maybe not yet at the point where you really are at a fork in the road because if Steve Kerr, if you're not comfortable with him being your player development, young player coach, okay, but that still gets trumped by if Steph Curry says, no, that's my coach. Right. So if you do what they're saying they're going to do, which is still stay totally committed to Steph Curry, then I think Steve Kerr is probably still your coach. Assuming that Steve Kerr still wants to be the head coach, and he said as much on our show when we have him on every week that he loves doing what he does and he wants to keep doing it. So if that's the case, then... you know I think Joe Lacob ultimately would default to what Steph wants in that particular case, even if he doesn't think that Steve's doing a great job of developing the young players, but it's almost impossible to develop young players and win a championship. And the whole idea about developing young players to me is a bit of a misnomer. It's like being a system quarterback. Like, you're a system quarterback if you don't do very well, and if you do well and you play for a coach that everyone loves, well, then you're a system guy. It's hard to determine. So, are you not developing young players because your young players aren't very good or because they're not playing a lot because you're a championship team or both? And I look at your young players, if they go elsewhere and they turn out to be great players elsewhere, then you can look and say, well, right. geez, those guys you didn't develop, turned out it was you. And I look at Rollins and PBJ and Jordan Poole, the latest of the youngsters who have gone on to play elsewhere, and I don't think any of those three is necessarily making Steve Kerr look bad as a developer. Correct. Wiseman and, and sure. beyond. Like, yeah, that's, that's, I'm with you. That's the thing that really hurts. Is uh, it, it, you know is is when you watch a guy go somewhere else and then completely blossom. Um, let's go to uh, Odell in San Pablo. Hey Odell, what's up? Hey, what's up, guys? Can you hear me? Okay. Yep. All right. I got a quick little trade scenario for you. Um, 
Um, I think um, Wiggins probably just needs like a change of scenery. So I I put into the little trade machine online. <laughs> I put um, and Andrew Wiggins over to um, back in Toronto, and then they send us back Dennis Schroeder and Scotty Barnes to make the money matchup. And then since we need a a a, a big somebody over seven feet tall, I think we should get Manu Bolson. He's sitting on a bench down in Phoenix. And then I got uh, Guy Santos and Usman Garab Garaba going down to uh, Phoenix. What do you guys think? Think that can help us uh, get everything back together and get a top seed in the in the uh, playoffs? Odell, thank you for the call. Um, I'm gonna give you the same answer that Stephen A. Smith gave Steiny yesterday when he asked him about Andrew Wiggins. No. I don't think any like you did not mention one difference maker in that entire. In the, you know what I you mean? You mentioned a difference maker, and it's Scotty Barnes, and they're not trading Scotty well, Barnes. Well, obviously, right? Guy's twenty-two, and he's having a fantastic year, and he projects out to be a star. That's what. But part of this, it's not just would that. I mean, the Warriors are not looking to go get guards, right? That, that's not what the Warriors are going to are, are looking to go do. And then, secondly, what I would just what I always tell people. Whenever you're talking about trade scenarios, is you've got to ask yourself, why would the other team do that? Why would the Raptors do that? They are not looking to give up young assets and fall in love with Andrew because he's from Canada. Right. They're looking to shed salary and they're looking to gain flexibility. So Toronto wants the young assets. They've got a piece that's expiring. They're not contending. They would like to move Pascal Siakam and Ananobi, who they already did, and get pieces who they think they can potentially build around into the future. I bet Toronto would love Kaminga. I bet they'd love him. You want Siakam? I bet you could have him in a heartbeat if you're willing to put Kaminga on the table. Right, right. If it's, uh... And then they may take Wiggins from you. Exactly. And they might actually take Chris Paul over Wiggins, maybe knowing that Paul is expiring. And unless they love Andrew Wiggins, unless you think that you can actually get Wiggins to be back to the player that he was 18 months ago, because that's the tempting thing if you are an acquiring team. If Wiggins goes back to playing the way he used to play, then that contract is a bargain. He was playing 35 or $40 million a year worth the basketball when he was playing well. And it feels like that's been a long time yeah. since then. But this Wiggins is about a $7 million a year Wiggs. Uh, real quick, Mark Schlereth came on with us yesterday, and we asked him uh, how his MVP ballot would go if he had one. Probably Lamar has taken over based on what Lamar does. And, and listen, man, Lamar running around, Lamar making plays, Lamar did so much better making plays that are off schedule, but doing it with his arm, you know, staying in the pocket and making those plays. So I probably would, if I had, if I had a vote, which I don't, I probably would vote for Lamar because I think he's so, so much a part of that offense. He's such a huge part of that offense. Um, and then it would probably be Brock and then maybe Christian after that. Uh, but you know, it would be Christian and Brock would be, uh, one B and one C if you would, but I, I would probably vote Lamar. Okay. If he had a vote. Peter King does have a vote. So we'll ask him that question and many, many more as we get ready for Wild Card Weekend with Peter King, who will join us next, and then we'll hop back to your phone calls about the Niners and the Warriors after that on Willard and Dibs. 
The Road to Vegas is brought to you by Zenny, the official eyewear of the San Francisco 49ers. Shop from over 3,000 styles at 80% off retail prices exclusively at zenny.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Willard and Dibbs on 95.7 The Game. All right. Willard and Dibbs. And uh, just moments ago, we were hearing that, uh, for instance, Stink, who uh, talked to Brock Purdy twice in the last two weeks, said that Brock would probably be second on his MVP list. Christian McCaffrey would probably be third. Interesting stuff. Let's find out. What an actual MVP voter thinks. I look forward to this because I yeah. gave my Peter King ballot prediction oh, a couple days right. ago, and I'm hoping I had it right. Don't, don't say it out loud because he's listening. Oh. He can hear you. M- he's Mr. King? He's on the line right now. Odyssey NFL insider Peter King. And insider calls are brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin, too. Men like Peter King. Hi, Peter. Do we hear Hello? you okay? There you are. Hey, now Peter. we got you. You have me? We got you. How you doing? Okay. Everything's going great. It's a lovely evening in Brooklyn, New York, and uh, getting ready tomorrow to go to Houston for the playoff game there on Saturday, and then we'll go to Detroit on Sunday. So I'm going to do a twin bill this weekend. I love it. We would love to ask you about some of these games coming up for uh, for sure. But uh, top of mind, uh, and we've asked you every week, uh, and, and we know where things sit to a degree, but, but here we are at the end of the season. Uh, Peter, what do you think the MVP vote is going to be for you? Oh, I cast my ballot yesterday, and I voted for Lamar Jackson, and I had uh, Brock Purdy number two on my list. You care to finish out the entire top five? Sure. I did uh, Josh Allen uh, three, Dak Prescott four, Tyreek Hill five. Okay. It's interesting because we were batting about what we thought you might think, and I actually had you – 
with CJ Stroud as uh, as the five spot. Did you have some debate over Josh Allen and McCaffrey and CJ and sort of the bottom of your ballot? Was that tough to go two through five? Well, I mean, look, it's all these things are tough. The defensive player of the year was absolutely impossible. Um, but I think on the MVP, as we've talked about before, I'm probably more inclined to think quarterbacks than anything else because the quarterback is the most important guy on virtually every team. And in this particular case, um, I think I look at the big games late in the year and I look at what Josh Allen did, and I really like what he did in getting Buffalo almost singularly back to the second seed. Um and it was really a battle between – I was always going to put Brock Purdy, too. And it's a battle – it was a battle, really, for me, between Brock – between Dak Prescott and Josh Allen for number three. And um, probably early in the year, maybe a month or so ago, I would have had Tyreek Hill, you know, as high as three. But he's fallen off in the last – I don't know what whatever you'd call it last month or so, and um, he didn't break the receiving record, even though he obviously with a 17 game schedule, he certainly had that opportunity. But uh, I ended up putting him five because I think that for 12 or 13 weeks of the year he was hugely, hugely valuable, the the most important non quarterback. Uh, in in pro football. So that's kind of how I looked at it. Peter, in your opinion, what is the gap between the one seeds and everyone else? How likely is Ravens Niners? Well, we, everybody at this time of year, almost every year, has a good feel and, and really believes in the one seed because they have so many advantages. I mean, Christian McCaffrey has got 20 days to, uh, you know, to heal for this calf injury. And so, you know, you look at it and you basically say, you know, they should have a huge advantage. But, you know, I'm not sure. I think this is an odd year in that look how different the Dallas Cowboys are in week five to now. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys are extremely, in my opinion, they've got a much better chance to play a better game than they did in week five. I don't know why that is, but they're just playing better than they did uh, back in early October. So I think the way I look at this is I, I don't think that a team – in either conference, because look, let's talk about the AFC for a second. When you look at the AFC, the one thing that you see, quite honestly, is we're all assuming that Lamar Jackson is going to play great like he has all the way through the regular season. Well, Lamar Jackson's played four playoff games in his life. He's one in three, and the Baltimore Ravens have averaged 13 points a game in those four games. He has been a lousy playoff player. So he's got to prove that he's going to play well in the playoffs. And I think that is the one thing about at least the AFC 
that I think is pretty difficult to project. And, and look, the one thing about the 49ers, and I'm not saying they're going to lose if they play the Rams in any way, shape, or form, because I don't think they would, but that could be a pretty impossible, you know, divisional round matchup. Uh, not impossible, but, but a, a much more difficult matchup divisional round than than a, t- a one seed would usually have if the Rams end up winning this weekend. So I think there are trap games uh, to be had for all for both of the number one seeds. Who do you think poses the biggest threat to Baltimore in the AFC? Buffalo. I like Cleveland a lot too. I mean, in my opinion, the two most dangerous teams in the AFC to go into Baltimore, at least as I look at it, would be Cleveland. How ironic it would be to see Joe Flacco go into Baltimore next weekend uh, if that's the way it falls. But the other one, I think, is Buffalo because, and look, you can say this with almost any team, but if Buffalo plays a clean game, they could beat anybody in football by 10 points right now, today. But the problem with Buffalo is that they don't play a lot of clean games. They they turn it over a lot. They were fortunate that Miami couldn't get anything done last weekend. And so, therefore, they had enough to win a game in which they didn't play very well. <clears throat> so, I, I think, I think that I think Buffalo is the, is the most dangerous team for them, but most likely Cleveland has the best, uh, defense right now. Clearly they're the number one rated defense and they probably have the defense that's playing the best late in the year. So to me, I, I think Baltimore is going to have two very tough games if that's how it falls. Football Morning in America and Peter King, Odyssey NFL Insider, with us here as he is every week on Willard and Dibbs, 95-7 the game. Uh, Peter, uh, because it it has a lot to do with who the 49ers are going to see next week, let's dive a little bit into that Rams-Lions game. Lions yeah. are a favorite. Everybody seems to think the Rams are going to win. And there's the Matt Stafford going home story, but I'm sort of more interested in the Jared Goff, hey, McVay, you were wrong uh, angle of, of of this story like how how do you see history affecting this game well jared goff might think deep down hey maybe you're wrong but the moment that matthew stafford hoisted the lombardi trophy was the moment that sean mcveigh was absolutely right he wanted to change quarterbacks in order to win a super bowl he changed quarterbacks he won a super bowl Ergo, I, I mean, Goff can say whatever he wants, and I'm sure that to this day it still probably hurts him what happened. But uh, I, I don't, I don't definitely don't think the Rams were wrong there. Um, I, I think both of those stories are interesting. I think the one part of this story that I wonder about, honestly, is <clears throat> Matthew Stafford is a steely guy, tough guy. He reminds me a lot of his very good friend, Clayton Kershaw, um, who never seems to be too affected by the moment. And, and, and I kind of look at this game and I say, how can you not be affected by the moment? Matthew Stafford was drafted to bring playoff football to Detroit. Now he's bringing playoff football to Detroit, playing for another team. And 
you know, that's and that plus the fact that Detroit's front seven is going to create huge problems, especially Aiden Hutchinson uh, is going to create huge problems for the Rams in terms of protection. So he's going to have to throw quick. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to play a great game because I think he's going to be under great pressure in this game. It's going to be fantastic to see a Detroit home crowd in the playoffs first time in 30 years for the Motor City to have that home game. The other NFC one, Peter, is just baffling to me. The once-dominant Philadelphia Eagles at Tampa Bay and the fight in Mayfields. What do you make of that one? Is is Philadelphia truly washed, or can they rise up and win this game on the road, in your opinion? Two consecutive games against Arizona at home, and against a bad Giants team on the road, they have had basically, well, the first one was a must win because you figure that in order to win the division, we got to win out because Dallas has, you know, Dallas is not going to, you know, lose to Washington in the last game of the year. So I think the way I look at it is, you know, the, the Eagles have really dug themselves a huge hole. I don't think they can get out of it. Um, you you really don't have – you have an aging defense with nobody stepping up right now. Um, and, and you know, to have, to have blown these two games to, to, to a th- previously three-win team – uh, you know, Arizona and to the Giants who they've beaten 900 times in a row and they're down 24 nothing at the half. That's, and that is with everyone on the team, everyone figuring, you know, knowing exactly what's at stake. We have to win this game and they don't even come close. And look, I, I think. One of the strangest things that I've ever seen is Vegas or whoever makes these lines these days making the Eagles a favorite coming into that game. I mean, has there been any television shown in the state of Nevada <laughs> recently? I mean, do they, do they not, have they not seen how pathetic the Eagles are? I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't pick them now to, to beat, I, I, and I, I don't mean to to exaggerate. I wouldn't pick them to win a game against any team in football right now. Mm, Big statement. Uh, Peter King with us here on 95.7 The Game. Peter, I want to ask you about Kyle Shanahan. I know you know him well. You've talked to him so many times. And once this thing gets rolling here, um, look, outside of major injury, he's had some chances. This feels like his best chance. I've actually spoken to some people in Vegas. The Niners would still be favored even if they play the Ravens. So they're going to be the favorite as as often as they play the rest of the way. So what's what's on the line for Kyle Shanahan in this run? Uh, I don't. I don't know because unless they lose by double digits in the divisional game, you know, I, I just I don't see anybody, even if the Forty ers don't make the Super Bowl, saying, "Well, you know, Kyle Shanahan can't win the big one." I, I mean, look, there's a lot of people who say that anyway, you know, because going back to Atlanta in twenty-eight to three and. And, you know, going back to, you know, the playoffs since then, I get it. I don't say that at all. 
Um, you know, I think he's a good coach, and and I think he's done a really, really good job with this team. So I think the labels that are put on players like this or that are put on coaches like this, it's fine to put these labels on, quite honestly, but I'm not one who necessarily follows it. Now, you know, when I talked about Lamar Jackson and, and uh, you know, that he hasn't been a good playoff quarterback, it's different being one in three averaging 13 points a game than what has happened to Kyle Shanahan in the playoffs. You know, he's lost some big games, obviously, but I don't look at any of those losses as being, I I mean, look, you can say the Atlanta loss to the Patriots is embarrassing because they were up by 25, and I might agree with you. I'm sure that, you know, on his all-time list of games he's ever coached, that's the one that bothers him the most, and it should. But I, I don't view him as a guy who, I mean, unless they just totally crap out of these playoffs, that I will look at uh, in any way other than, you know, the guy's a really good coach. And just a coordinator during that 25-point uh, meltdown, so I maybe he gets a half a loss for that or a, a third of a loss. Seems unfair to me to to peg that one. On Kyle, you mentioned earlier your defensive player of the year ballot being a tough one. Care to share how that went? And did you have any Niners in there, a, a team that's been one of the best defenses all year long? That was that's one of the things that made it difficult. I mean, Nick Bosa's had a very good year, maybe not his best year, but he's had a very good year. But you know, I uh, when I did this list they they asked the APS for three winners um for defensive player of the year for all the all the awards other than the MVP they asked one to three and so uh I I mean I had until what day is today I had until Wednesday noon to get that in and I turned it in Wednesday morning and I was I literally woke up Wednesday and I said you got to make a decision. I've been I've been struggling with this since the weekend. I mean, most guys didn't play over the weekend. Obviously, TJ Watt did. He played well. He got hurt, uh, but and he, and he had two sacks in that game. But here's what it came down to for me: <clears throat> I ended up voting for Miles Garrett, and one of the th- because I look, I think that Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, TJ Watt, Max Crosby. Uh, Nick Bosa, they all have tremendous pressure numbers, good stats in that regard. And, you know, I I kind of looked at Miles Garrett. It came down to Miles Garrett and Micah Parsons for me. And I just, I I got this play. I'm writing about this for Monday when I, when I explain my ballot. And I've got this play that I, have not been able to get out of my mind the whole year as I've thought about this. You guys may not even remember. It was just a highlight in one game this year. Cleveland was playing Indianapolis, and uh, Miles Garrett lined up in the middle of the, or near the middle of the line uh, on a field goal try by the Colts. And when the ball was snapped, he high jumped the center, and he blocked the, the, the field goal. And Cleveland won the game. It was a huge play in the game. 
it, even though it, only, it happened in the second quarter, it was a big play in the game. And those are the kind of things I can't, I just can't, I'm not saying I voted for him for one play. I didn't. Uh, I think his, his numbers in all other ways are exemplary. And, and the one other thing I would say about this is, and one of the reasons why this was so hard. Okay, so I didn't even have Max Crosby in my top three. And do you realize, I, and I, I just finished writing this as an early note for my column this coming Monday. How about this? Do you realize that this year in the NFL, edge rushers total this year played 14 games where the edge rusher played all the snaps? In other words, there were 14 wow. games this year that that an edge rusher in the game played every snap. Okay, Miles G- or uh, Max Crosby had 10 of those. Oof, and yeah. four other guys each had one. So, I mean, think of this. That guy played 10 complete games this season, and he was the best far and away against the run out of it, out of all edge rushers in football by almost every metric. And, and, I, and, and, I, and I, had him, I would have had him fourth because those other three guys were so stupendous, I thought. So I ended up picking uh, Parsons second and uh, and T.J. Watt third, even though Watt became the first guy ever to lead the league in sacks three times. And I don't know this. This was that was as I look back, and I've been doing this voting for a long time. Jeez, that I have to tell you was as tough a vote as I ever remember. Tied wow. up in knots, Peter wow. King. Wow. Man. Yeah, very, very cool stuff. Peter King with us. Uh, okay, Peter, forget the the Monday game between the Bucks and Eagles because you've already kind of laid out that you don't even think the Eagles should be the favorite. Let's take the other five games. Where's the upset this weekend? Good question. Um, well, I don't think Miami is going to go to the Arctic Circle and be able to win that game especially because basically their top four pass rushers are all gone. So I think Kansas City is going to win that game. Let me ask you this question, because I don't even know. Who is favored in Cleveland-Houston? Cleveland is. Yeah. By by just uh, like two and a half, I think it is. Yeah, down to two. Yeah, I, I think that's a totally absolute coin flip game. I probably would pick Cleveland. Um, I definitely would pick Pittsburgh. Uh, to, or uh, Buffalo to yep. Pittsburgh. Um, and look, I think Green Bay is going to play well in Dallas, but I don't think they're going to win the game. So by process of elimination, I guess <laughs> I'd say the Rams, even though I would never encourage anybody to put a nickel against the Lions playing at home yep. in that game, especially with all their weapons. So I, I think there's a chance that that favorites just totally uh, roll roll the you know just basically win everywhere, and if Tampa indeed is an underdog come Monday, uh, that would be the one I would pick. Okay, that's uh, that's strong. I, I guess the follow up is uh, will Pittsburgh score in Buffalo? And I'm looking at the AccuWeather right now. Currently one degree. In Kansas City, you sure you don't want to go to Kansas City instead of uh, Energy Stadium, Peter? Come on. Do you want to know why I picked <laughs> Houston? I didn't. I you know I picked Houston Monday morning, okay? Because usually on these next two weekends, I go to two games. 
So it's just fun for me. So I, I like to go to two games. So anyway, I picked Houston because I said that how great is it that Cleveland and Houston are playing in the Deshaun Watson Bowl and he's nowhere to be seen. <laughs> it's, no matter who wins that game, it's a great story. So I said, I, I, I really want to go to that game. It's, it's, it's a very cool thing. But, but, you know, the, 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 the Kansas City game, it interests me, but I just have a feeling that Miami is going to be a little bit like San Diego was in that AFC championship game in the icebox in Cincinnati 40 years ago or 41 years ago. I, I don't I don't know how a team from Miami can go when it's 15 below wind chill and have much of a chance to win a football game. But who knows? We'll see. Uh, Peter, great stuff as always. We're heading into Wild Card Weekend. We can't wait. Already looking forward to talking to you next week. All right, guys. You take care. Thanks. Okay. Peter King with us every week on Willard and Dibs. Insider calls are brought to you by Old Spice Gentlemen's Blend Body Wash, providing exfoliation plus 24-7 moisturization because men have skin, too. That was Odyssey NFL Insider Peter King. Yeah, the correct answer is one degree. That's why he's going to Houston. Houston. Inside. Inside. Two teams. <laughs> inside. inside. Energy Stadium. And it's, the current AccuWeather is uno degrio. It is one degree. Good Lord. In Kansas City. Uh, currently 21 in Buffalo. So I could see where he picked the Lions. And honestly, if I was to... Pick any of the six games to go to this weekend. It would be the Detroit game. Lions, for sure. First home game in 30 years. And then, geez, something about going to uh, Arrowhead sounds fun, but one degree no doesn't sound my kind of party. No, not at all. I, I wouldn't mind the idea of watching Jordan Love play at Jerry's World. True. He has been unbelievable in the last eight weeks. If you look at his numbers, he's been as good as every quarterback out there. And if I'm Dallas don't mess up. Like, they should win. Yeah. I think they're really good at home, and I don't think Green Bay will be able to stop Dallas's offense. Not in that building. But a couple of, one, you know, bad bounce, have your Brock Christmas game, a couple of batted balls or something end up in the wrong hands, and that one could get interesting fast because Jordan Love is on fire. Yeah, and uh, Dallas, though, they're so good at home. Dallas can light yeah. it up, and their defense – Seems to be better than it performs. That defense can yeah. they can give up some points now. Oh, remember when Seattle went in there yeah. on a Thursday night a few weeks ago? It was like 113 to 112. <laughs> Cowboys won the game. I was at the Warrior game that night. Uh, <laughs> we're presented by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. Speaking of the Warriors. Oh, look at you patient people, David, John, and Suits. We're going to come to you next because... Back to the Warrior trade deadline, what Clay said about booze, what Steph Curry said about booze, not drinking, but booing fans, and then what Shams said about who's available in a trade, and then we got a new one for you as well. What analyst and former Warrior hater, maybe current Warrior hater, Kendrick Perkins said on why the Warriors have lost their spirit. All of that is coming up on Withered and Dibs. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Junior has the rebound to Daniels. Quick pass in the corner. There's Murphy again. The net barely even moved. Oh, I could, I could make a case. Garbage time for the Warriors has uh, extended for about 40 minutes tonight. Yeah. It's been terrible. Now, back to Willard and Dibbs on 95.7 The Game. Okay, Tommy, I could argue the garbage time's been going on that entire homestand. I see your 40 minutes and I'll raise you three weeks. I mean, let's, let's take the homestand. Jesus. What was good? Magic game? Uh, the win over the fighting yeah. Wisemans. Uh, no, that was not good. You play too well. No. That this was, is James Wise. That was a terrible game. The win over Orlando. The win over Orlando. Nice win. And three and a half quarters of their play against the Nugs. Fair. That was what was good out of the seven games. Everything else was terrible. I was at the Miami game. Terrible, right? I mean, we had pretty good seats. It was date <laughs> night. We had a good time. How was the food? Food was great. Yeah. We had, went to uh, right. Tacolicious. I like Tacolicious. Very yeah. good. Three tacos, reasonably priced. Okay. Uh, did you use your chase card? I did. Out of bed? Got me a little discount. Got a little 10% off? Exactly. Or 5% or and 2% or whatever. We did a little uh, little split screen where I got the food and supper got the drinks. And uh, I, I actually made out okay. <laughs> she got us a couple of these really fancy schmancy margaritas. Oh, you got to be careful about that. Delicious. Yeah. Wait a minute. You mean like you each pay, you paid for I the I paid food for the tacos. She, she paid for the drinks. Okay. That was her idea. You guys are not pooling resources yet? We do. Okay. But, you know, there are there is a variety of accounts. <laughs> okay. There's the her money, the, yes. the my money, and then the our money. The overseas gambling account. Well, that's you an account the, that's uh, the my money. Yeah. Okay? Okay. And the golfing is the my money, and the uh, the expensive <laughs> shoes. Don't talk about that. Yeah, that's probably, the her money. We probably shouldn't. There's the her, there's the me, and there's the us. All right. So this was a her and a me. And uh, the me turned out to be better than the hurt. Well, that's all I'm going to say. At least you got a good drink and delicious tacos. I bet. I bet. And then we sat down and watched the basketball game, and they stunk. Mm-hmm. So yeah, to your point, it's been a long slog of a homestand. You can tell. You can tell all over their faces and by their words. Listen to this one. Listen to this one, two punch. Um, we've played for you. What? Clay Thompson said about the booze. What, am I going to lose sleep over it? And what Steph Curry said about the booze, which is largely what you would expect a classy person to say, hey, that's what we earned, the booze. I'm booing us too, in my head. We look terrible out there. Steve Kerr, how about the booze in back-to-back games? Yeah, we deserved it for sure. You know, fell fell behind immediately. And uh, I think we're just lacking confidence right now. You know, it's... it's um, you get to a, a stage sometimes where you just kind of lose your belief, and uh, it happens. And that's what's happened right now with our team the last few days. I think we've, um, you know, we've just lost the spirit, the confidence that has to carry you, you know, against um, talented teams night in and night out. Okay, they've lost their spirit. Kendrick Perkins 
uh, on NBA Today from ESPN, grabbed that comment, and then made his own. Ask yourself why Steph Curry has been in the slump, or why Steve Curry has said this team has lost their spirit, lost their confidence, right? Steve Curry's getting exposed. We saw the Pelicans, they were ready to play. We saw the Pelicans going for the 50-50 balls. We saw the Pelicans contesting jump shots. We saw Toronto go in a couple nights before and put up 133 on them. 133 in Chase Arena. The spirit comes from the coach. Stay with me. As a guy that been in the locker room, went to five NBA finals, I know the spirit, the energy comes from what your coach is saying at practices and in the film room. It's almost like when you go to First Street Baptist Church. You going in there to feel the Holy Ghost. If you walk out of there and you got the spirit in you, damn it, the pastor did his job. It's the same thing when it comes down to the Warriors. They're playing with a lack of effort. They're playing with a lack of urgency right now. No fight whatsoever. That is a reflection of your coach. But, okay. But, 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 yeah. What do you think? I think it's part of it. I also think it's uh, in part because you don't have Draymond Green, who is your energy on the floor. And I think that part of it is Steve Kerr, but individually you have to go out there and give effort. Steve can rile them up. Steve can give them every speech in the book. We fight for that inch. It's that inch. He go through all the cliches and flip a spread and grab people by the lapels and do all the rest of it. If you don't go out there and do your job and want to win and want to compete, I don't think it's on the head coach. Hmm. Here's what I think is interesting, especially when a player says it. When things are good, it's the players. When things are bad, it's a coach. Right. Okay, Kendrick. Okay. So you referenced your time in the NBA Finals. The Oklahoma City Thunder were good because can you even name who the coach was? Billy Donovan. Yeah, Billy Donovan at times. Scotty at times, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook and James Harden and Serge Ibaka, that's why you went to the finals. That's where your inspiration came from. You walked out on the floor and you had better players. That's what it was. So um, Steve Kerr has not had a great year. We've talked about this. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's a silly idea to now tell us that your inspiration – and your want to, and your diving for loose balls comes from your coach, uh, that doesn't sound like a professional to me. If you want to be a high school player, then I'll agree with you. Sure. Yeah, because those people will sleep until 2 in the afternoon if you let them. I've got a couple of them at home. (laughs) But these are professionals, and if you can't get yourself up for games, that's on you. And, And all of this stuff, there's an underbelly to it that I think is probably dangerous for the Warriors right now. And a lot of the fans have been ahead of me on this. Stop saying that this is a lack of effort and it's a lack of inspiration and they're poorly coached because all of those things presuppose that you're still the better team, but you're just not trying. You're just not working hard enough. So are you telling me now that Steph and Clay and Draymond, when he returns, and Poughkeepsie kid, you're telling me that if these guys just try harder, then everything's okay. Why would we make any trades at all? 
You shouldn't make any trades at all if all you need to do is try harder. It doesn't mean that everything no. is permanently fixed, but it, I think that it would lead to you being in games for longer. Steve mentioned it. Five minutes into that thing, you were cooked last night. Oh, totally. And you look flat. And I do think that that's a big part of it, is effort, sustained effort, especially on the defensive end. You gave up 46 first-quarter points, hmm. and you lost by 36. So it's not it's not as easy as the coach goes in at halftime and breaks a clipboard or flips a spread. It's like, ooh, coach is mad. I'm going to go out there and try harder now. These are professional athletes. You're right. Part of it is on the coach to change it up. Change up the rotation. Yeah. He's tried to make changes and it hasn't worked. Nothing's worked. It's getting so worse. You got to continue to try to figure out how you can motivate uh, these guys. Ultimately, they need to motivate themselves. You're right. But Steve's got to find a way to get these guys to play harder because it does look like they're just kind of going through the motions. I think they just got a bad mix. And I don't know what ingredient needs to be injected in and what ingredient needs to be left out, but it's a bad mix. Think of all the bad mix stuff out there. Kerr doesn't mix with Kaminga and Moody. Kaminga doesn't mix with Wiggins. Wiggins doesn't mix with anybody. Draymond doesn't mix with the league. Uh, you know, Kevon Looney doesn't mix with 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 the young players. It's just all a bad stew. It's a terrible stew right now. And you can keep putting in new ingredients, and it's not going to work until it's going to work. And the truth of the matter is, is I think that the Warriors are getting pretty close to the decision that the ingredients they need are not in the cupboard. They just don't even have them right now. So that's why you go from a shakeup like, let's put someone on the bench, to a shakeup of, let's put someone on a different team. Well, and if you can't, get a real shakeup that gets you new ingredients, then you're going to resign yourself to to this. And if you go four more weeks and you continue to be not quite a bottom feeder, but a team that's not a playoff threat, well, then you're going to look at maybe sitting some of these guys for the better part of the excuse me, remainder of the year. Yeah, yeah. And no just doubt. go with the young guys and then, you know, look for the lottery, even though your pick's only top four protected. Um, 888-957-9570. We are about to get into your calls. Thank you to those of you who have been patient. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1, San Francisco, always live on the free Odyssey app, Twitch and YouTube, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 